0: Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America, all over the fruited plain. You hear my voice now. The phone number here is 877-973-7425. Thanks for tuning in. We need to talk about Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson is the Republican speaker, the House of Representatives. He has managed to pass a funding bill. For Israel, he's um, been willing to pass legislation, a funding bill for Israel that cuts the money that Biden gave to the IRS and claws it back to give it to Israel. Joe Biden said he would veto this sort of legislation if it was a clean funding bill for Israel. Democrats are outraged that we would cut money from of the IRS, in order to fund Israel. This is Kamala Harris's defense. Remember, Joe Biden said he would veto the legislation. Even though it funds Israel, he would veto it. This is Kamala Harris's explanation. See if you can make any heads or tails of this.
1: The White House has said it will veto any bill um, that doesn't include both Israel and Ukraine. Uh, House Speaker Mike Mike Johnson has said that he wants to do Israel first alone and then move on to Ukraine and the U.S. border. What is the path forward there, and is there room for the White House to negotiate on um, U.S. border immigration issues in that
2: package? Well, first of all, we're not negotiating that, and we've been very clear that we must stand by the role of the United States as it relates to our global responsibility to uphold and defend international rules and norms and what is right. And so our our proposal is that there be aid given to both places, to Israel and to Ukraine. And we are standing by that. As you have said, the president has been very clear. If any bifurcation of that should occur, uh, he will veto the bill that you have um, referred to. But let's also be clear that these folks who want to be considered as leaders in the midst of global crises of a proportion we have not seen in a very long time are playing political games with people.
0: Uh, I feel dumber for I mean this is the you feel dumber for having listened to Kamala Harris every time she speaks it it just seems to make no sense. It makes no sense at all. They, they want funding for Israel. The House gave them funding for Israel, but they're going to veto it uh, because, well, it, it's not going to pass the Senate. Here's the problem for all of them. They're going to have to compromise. They're going to have to compromise. Let me explain to you the games that Democrats are playing in Washington, D.C. We're running out of money. In fact, every bit of funding to fund Israel is going to come from the government taking on debt. Despite record high tax revenue to Washington for uh, the just concluded fiscal year of 2023, we had $2 billion more in debt or $2 trillion more in debt because every penny the government spends at this point is allocated. So every bit of money that we spend to go to Israel, Ukraine, the border, whatever it comes from debt. Republicans say claw back some of the money from the Inflation Reduction Act. Claw back the subsidies for electric cars. Claw back the IRS funding. The Democrats say, no, 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 just more debt, no offsets, more debt. Politico, remember, Politico is the news organization that will not identify the 23 anti-Semites in the House who voted against a resolution condemning Hamas. They have this story now. The headline is, watch your back. Speaker Johnson squares off with Schumer, suggesting those were his words. They weren't. When Chuck Schumer and Mike Johnson talked one-on-one for the first time recently, the Senate Majority Leader urged the new speaker to take a bipartisan approach ahead of a chaotic fall spending fight. It's safe to say Johnson isn't listening. The Louisiana Republican on Thursday used his first major legislative push, a $14 billion bill to shore up Israel's defense against Hamas to flex his conservative credentials, rather than show goodwill towards the Democratic counterpart on a mutual priority. By muscling through the Israel bill that slashed a key Democratic priority, Johnson sent a clear signal to the Senate leader he'll have to work with for at least another year. He's fine thumbing his nose at Schumer to help keep the House GOP as united as possible. It's an approach that may prove difficult for Johnson to maintain. The framing is always that Republicans Republicans are the ones who must give up stuff in the name of bipartisanship. They're not asking the Democrats to cut. It's the Republicans who must. They're not asking the Democrats to find money from one of their priorities. They're asking Republicans to give up their priorities. Always, always, without end, the American press corps demands Republicans are the ones to compromise. They never asked Nancy Pelosi to compromise when she was speaker. They've never asked Chuck Schumer to compromise. And, you know, this is a, a different dynamic to a degree than when Nancy Pelosi was last speaker because the Republicans controlled nothing in the last couple of years. At one point, they had the Senate. And they weren't asking Nancy Pelosi to compromise then. But now, suddenly, it's always the Republicans who have to compromise. Last I checked... The Republicans control the House of Representatives. If you want to get something through the House of Representatives, you're going to have to give them something they want. This isn't a one-way street. The media reports it as a one-way street. The Democrats expect it as a one-way street, but it's not. I mean, put it to you this way. Democrats are having a meltdown. They are having a meltdown about Republicans demanding cuts in order to fund Israel. This is... Well, you know, you guys rammed the Inflation Reduction Act through, bypassing the filibuster by using reconciliation, and Republicans are going to make you claw part of it back now. You want money for Israel? Republicans are willing to make you cut something, and frankly, fiscally, you need to cut something because there's no more money to spend. So what are you going to cut? Republicans are never allowed to have their cake and eat it, too, and Democrats are expected by right To have their cake and eat it too. And now Republicans are saying no. The GOP needs to stand firm on this. Mike Johnson needs to stand firm on this as Speaker. And I believe he will. Democrats are going to be forced to cut something. Already, there's whispers on Capitol Hill and among the press corps that, oh my gosh, this guy's really going to make them cut something. Yes, he's going to make them do it. Oh my gosh, this guy really is going to force the Democrats to claw back money from the Inflation Reduction Act. Yes. He's really going to make them do it. Why? Why? Because Republicans believe it's necessary, and Republicans only care about the budget when Democrats are in charge of the White House. But at least Republicans sometimes care because Democrats never do. It will be a failure of the House Republicans if they cave on making Democrats cut something. Democrats desperately want to fund Israel and Ukraine. Okay, cut something. Cut something from the Inflation Reduction Act. It didn't reduce inflation anyway, so cut something from it. Cut the IRS funding. You know, ironically, the Democrats are using the Congressional Budget Office to say, well, that'll increase the deficit because they won't be able to audit more people. That explicitly they want more funding for the IRS to be able to harass American citizens. You know, the poor are five times more likely to be harassed by the IRS because they can't afford lawyers. The poor are five times more likely to be harassed. The black poor are the most likely to be harassed. The IRS targets black citizens more than anyone else. Defund the IRS. It's in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Defund the IRS. You're helping the working poor. The Democrats can bellyache about it all they want that it's going to increase the the deficit hypothetically, not in reality. It doesn't matter. Make them cut, Republicans. This this idea that Mike Johnson—he's—you know—they're trying to vilify him. Um, Stephen Colbert on his left-wing show on CBS mocking Mike Johnson for being an orthodox Christian and evangelical. Christian who has strong views on homosexuality being a sin. Now, I know those of you listening, some of you are, are socially liberal and you're, you're ready to move beyond this. But if you're an Orthodox, Bible-believing Christian, it says so in the Bible. Therefore, Mike Johnson believes it to be true, and they're vilifying him for his beliefs. They won't vilify Hamas for their beliefs. They don't vilify the Palestinians for chanting River to Sea. No, it's just it's these these Orthodox Christians who happen to be Bible-believing uh, Baptists in, in the U.S. Congress, they're the bad guys. Democrats, you got to compromise. I know you don't like to compromise. I know you expect Republicans to compromise, but you're going to have to compromise. Here's the reality. Even Don Bacon, who's a moderate Republican from Nebraska, says Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden are going to have to meet the Republicans halfway. Schumer says the House Israel aid plan is not serious. Why? Because they want to cut funding to the IRS? Because they want to claw back money from the Inflation Reduction Act? Republicans are very serious about this. You may not like it, Democrats. You may not like it at all. But that's the reality. You're going to have to make a compromise. You can cut the IRS or you can cut your Green New Deal, but you're going to cut something because... Kevin McCarthy was way more malleable than Mike Johnson, and Mike Johnson's going to force you to compromise, screaming at him saying he must compromise and give up everything he wants. No, no, no. He wants one thing from you, to find something from the Inflation Act to cut. And if you can't do that, he will do it for you. You want to fund Israel? You want to fund Ukraine? You're going to cut the Inflation Reduction Act, whether you like it or not, or you're not going to get the funding. And as much as I want to support Israel and I want to support Ukraine, I want Mike Johnson to force the Democrats to cut something or don't fund anything at all. That's the way this has to work. I got to play for you this audio, by the way. So so, uh, this was the speaker yesterday. Be careful,
1: everybody. Be careful. We're, trying. Were you surprised by the CBO score, sir?
2: Not surprised at all. Only in Washington when you cut spending do they call it a. Are you alarmed an increase by the in the CBO deficit. Score?
0: Holy in Washington when you cut spending do they call it an increase in the deficit. This is uh, Democrat Elise Slotkin.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I voted no because uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I think I went back in history, in time, and I was trying to find a situation where emergency aid for an ally or a partner that came about from a crisis was conditioned on cuts to American domestic spending. Um, I could not find that. I think this was an unprecedented suggestion by a very new speaker. Um, And of course, their goal, their stated goal, was to cut the deficit. It took about a hot minute to figure out that it wasn't going to cut the deficit. In fact, it was going to increase the deficit. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, it was a, a political play there. Uh, secondly, there was no aid for Gaza in that bill. Um, and, you know, we're all watching our screens and where, whatever you think of what's going on, there are situations right now in Gaza that are very dire on food, on water, on, you know, medicine. So I couldn't support that. And then obviously um, the Senate bill is bipartisan. You know, we, we were hoping that um, with everything going on in the Middle East right now, we could have a strong bipartisan bill that would come over and we would get you know we're, we're still gonna look at it
0: <laughs> so she wants to fund hamas and israel because that's what happens with the money that goes to gaza funds hamas this is the democrat you she wants to fund hamas in addition to funding israel and she doesn't want to have to cut anything she doesn't want to cut anything she's oh he's a new speaker he must not know how this game works no no he knows how the game works he's just not playing your game lady He's got the courage to tell you the actual truth, even when it
3: isn't popular. It's The Eric Erickson Show. You can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425.
0: Yes, you can call in. It's an open line Friday. Be patient with me. Those of you on the phones, I got to play you some audio. We've got, well, the job numbers, some breaking news here. Let me just uh, let Rick Santelli uh, handle this. This was what happened over on CNBC as it was announced.
2: Right on time. Take it away. Yes, we want it right on time. This is the October jobs, jobs, jobs report. And of course, we're expecting non-farm payrolls to be around a 180,000, 150,000, 150,000, that versus 336,000, there are revisions coming. The cumulative revision over two months, minus 101,000. 1, uh, so that 336 turns into 297. Now let's move along, shall we? The unemployment rate. And do keep in mind our last look on the unemployment rate was pretty important because we had 3.8, it moves up again to 3.9, 3.9. 3.9 would be the highest level going all the way back, actually to January, to January when we were at 4%. And just for a comparison, we were at 3.7 one year ago if you look at October of 22 versus October of 23. Now, uh, average hourly earnings up two-tenths Last month was up two-tenths. It gets revised to up three-tenths. Up two-tenths is basically the lowest levels that we've had going back to February of 22. If we look at average hourly earnings year over year, they're up Uh, 3.9%. That is something to, uh, excuse me, they're up 4.1%, up 4.1%. This is a new cycle low. If you look, since we hit 5% in November of last year, this is the lowest level. And to find a lower one, you have to go all the way back to June of 2021, where you're at 3.9. And once again, just to take a look back to last October, it was at 4.9. So if wages are something that are making many feel a little nervous, especially in light of some of the strikes and some of the settlements and some of the juicy contracts, We do see that it is coming down. It's still much loftier than 3.1 and 3.6 in Feb and March of 2020 pre-COVID, just to put some context to it.
0: All right, so that's a lot of numbers for you, but here's to make of it. Uh, The U.S. economy added 150,000 jobs in October, uh, coming in below expectations. But beyond that, they also revised down uh, the job hires there. Eight of the last nine months have been revised lower, and a large portion of those hires are government hires Last month, a large portion were second jobs. So it looks like there really remains underlying weakness. And wages are going up. They're just not going up high enough to catch up with the cost of living. So that's another problem in the economy. But they tell us everything is fine. Hmm. Now i got to tell you about the Eden Pierre thunderstorm. It's fine. I've got one packed for tonight uh, when we go to Louisiana because they wipe out hotel smoke odors if someone's been smoking in a hotel room. Before you get there, rental car odors as well. They just work. You can plug it up with a USB cord. You can plug it into the wall. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it's an air purifier, so it gets rid of dust and pollen. But where it really shines, odor elimination. We were at a hotel, uh, Barnsley Gardens. I love this place up in North Georgia. But they've got little cabins and fireplaces, and they run the Eden Pure to wipe out the smokiness from the fireplaces. And it works. It really does. Uh, Phenomenal. It cleans the air, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is just ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. I I was pleasantly surprised when I found them when when we went up to Barnsley. I I found them at a doctor's office a couple of weeks ago. They wipe out bad odors, smoke odors, pet odors, litter box odors, cooking odors, musty odors. You name it, they clean up the air. So you can get three of them for the basement, your RV, your travel bag, your upstairs, your downstairs, wherever you need them. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code's just my name, Eric, E R I C K. Get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms at EdenPureDeals.com for less than $200.
3: Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson
0: Show. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number of this open line Friday is 877-973-7425. Before I move on to other topics, I do want to take a phone call from Cindy. Welcome to the show. Cindy, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you? Great. Good. So my question
2: is, the House has just passed a bill uh, to provide support to Israel. Um, with, as a one-line item, and I support that, that it's just a one-line item, wouldn't it
1: have been smart to also provide another separate bill, one-line item for support for Ukraine, to help with some of the pushback that the Democrats are, are doing right now?
0: Uh, Okay, great question. So the Republicans are very divided, more than I think they should be, about funding Ukraine. I I, I support the funding. A number of Republicans do not. Uh, So what the Republicans intend to do is do a a two-line appropriation bill for Ukraine, uh, essentially tell the Democrats, if you will fund border security, we will fund Ukraine. Uh, they will use mm-hmm. that as as their negotiating tactic. They Mike Johnson, the speaker, does not believe he can get uh, Ukraine funding through as a standalone package uh, with majority mm-hmm. Republican support. But he thinks if we can tie it to um, the border that uh, we'll be able to do that. In fact, uh, let me play you this audio, Cindy. Thanks very much. That's a great question. This is Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House. Well, with our appropriations bills for Ukraine funding, for example, we're going to marry that with border security. Those two things are going to be handled together uh, because we believe it's a top priority. We can't be expected to take care of uh, other countries and other conflicts if we can't seal our own border. But the other responsibility we have is the power of the purse, but also accountability. And that's why our investigations go forward. We're holding these federal agencies accountable. They have been weaponized. They're being used against the very people they're designed to protect and serve. And we have to seek and push and force accountability in that in that way. And our committees have been very very busy at that. All the committees of jurisdiction. They'll continue. Yes. Um, amen. Okay. Um, I, I, I gotta I gotta talk about Salon. So there's a publication called Salon. I think it's actually uh, a it's it's like the stock of the company at one point was traded on the stock exchange, and maybe it still is. Uh, and that's part of why Salon publishes a lot of insane pieces because they got to get traffic to their site. But uh, the main reason they publish insane pieces is because they are insane. When those of us on the right point out that progressivism is a mental illness, there's no greater proof than the insanity you see at salon.com. I want to read you. This is a tweet from salon.com. MAGA and Christian nationalism Bigger threat to America than Hamas could ever be. The actual piece is written by a far-left progressive White House correspondent, Brian Kareem, who's very pro-Hamas. And the actual headline of the article is Far-Right Maga-theocrats, the most dangerous threat to America. The world inches closer to a war that only psychopaths want to see. On Tuesday, the FBI issued a warning that the chance of staged terrorist attacks in the United States has grown since the war began in Gaza. In the White House briefing later that day, Fox News reporter Peter Ducey asked National Security Council spokesman John Kirby, has the White House considered the possibility that a terrorist could be in the country right now after crossing the southern border? Obviously they have, or the FBI would not have issued the warning. The question remained, however, what our government response would be to such attack. This has already been discussed at the highest levels of our government. So although I wasn't called on as Kirby left the stage, I interrupted and asked the question I thought mattered. John, wait a minute before you leave. If Hamas terrorists attack the U.S., would the U.S. put boots on the ground in the Middle East? Kirby stopped his retreat from the stage, and Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre let him answer. He was succinct. I won't speculate on that, Brian. We'll obviously do what we have to do to protect our troops and people. And then it descends. While the world burns, Speaker Johnson and the MAGA wing of the Republican Party, which seems to have swallowed the evangelical movement while also embracing, it is embracing the darkest verses of the Bible, apparently pushing for apocalypse, with an enthusiasm only rivaled by Saul's slaughter of Christians before he changed his name to Paul. I'm waiting for Mel Brooks to break into song, let all those who wish to confess their evil ways and accept and embrace the true church convert now or forever burn in hell for now begins the Inquisition. That's that's one insane piece at Salon. This is another one. This is the actual headline for this one. I love the headline. From 9 to Benjamin Netanyahu, the world is learning that toxic masculinity can't keep us safe. And the subtitle, Feminists have long warned about men who hide incompetence behind belligerents. Israel proved them right. Now, this is from Amanda Marcotte, who is one of the most insane people to exist on the Internet. And she equates Benjamin Netanyahu in the attack uh, in Israel with George W. Bush. Now, you do have to, in context, which she does not give, remember, George Bush did not become president until the end of January of 2001. The attack happened in September had been planned well in advance during the Clinton administration, but she essentially wants to blame 9/11 on George W. Bush. And what's so crazy about this is 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 this is, is it's an insane rambling that essentially these warmonger men make the world less safe we we need more pacifists and we need more feminists now the larger point here is the left is insane it is a mental illness i mean for Pete's sake people you've got i mean let, let's just break this down for you so that you completely understand this at the university of pennsylvania at harvard at columbia if you misgender someone, those academic administrations consider it violence. If you misgender someone, it's considered violence. But if you chant death to the Jews, it's considered free speech. That's the insanity in which we live now with the left. You 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 misgender someone, it's violence. Words are now violence, but if you say all Israel must die, well, that's just free speech, and the university is going to defend you. It's the same with these leftists. They can look on the horror of Hamas, and so that they don't have to see it, they tear down the posters of the of the hostages. None of them are actually calling for the release of the hostages. It's a stark reminder of the mental illness of the left that they want peace in the Middle East, which they could have if Hamas surrendered and gave back the hostages, and they can't bring themselves to call for that because they're actually kind of okay with killing all the Jews. And so to deflect from that, they've got to find a new bad guy. They can't make Hamas the bad guy because they're on the side of Hamas. So instead, it's right-wing Christian nationalist MAGA types, the belligerent, toxic masculinity of the West. Progressives hate the United States more than they hate Hamas. Progressives hate white Christian men more than they hate Hamas. It has been a long time since Christian European white men were chopping off heads and burning people at stakes. Hamas does that stuff right now. ISIS and Al-Qaeda do that right now. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and Hamas burn people alive. Hamas tied a father and son together, poured gas on them, and lit them on fire. While they were alive. They didn't put a bullet in their head first. They burned them alive. Hamas did that. Not Mike Johnson. Hamas chopped off the heads of babies. Not Donald Trump. Donald Trump did not chop off the head of any child. Hamas chopped off the heads of several dozen children. And yet the left thinks Donald Trump is a bigger threat to world peace than Hamas. The left has a perverted, twisted sense of evil. And their perverted, twisted sense of evil is based on the intersectional postmodern dialectic of, of Marxism. Everything is oppressor versus oppressed. There is no grace. There is no mercy. It's white dudes who believe in Jesus are bad. Brown dudes who chop off the heads of babies and believe in Allah are good. Or at least... They can't be questioned, that they can't be called out because they're oppressed. They're oppressed, and so their oppression just causes them to lash out against the bad guys. This is why leftism is a mental illness, and it's why it's going to burn through society, and ultimately it will burn itself out because most people will realize individuals have to take responsibility for their own actions and so the members of Hamas have to take responsibility for their own actions but you have these left-wing insane people writing at salon who think that somehow they're the bad they're the, they're the poor little victims of those bad guy MAGA Republicans in Washington DC those people with toxic masculinity it's all insanity on the left It's insane. And a majority of Americans aren't down with it. And by these people being so convinced in their bubble that most people are, they alienate more Americans. Think about the attacks on Mike Johnson. Stephen Colbert had on Pete Buttigieg last night, and CNN had Pete Buttigieg on this morning, to ask him, how do you feel about Mike Johnson's views on homosexuality being a sin or a lifestyle choice? And, oh, Pete Buttigieg so upset about it, he's so offended by it, so we've progressed as a nation in this troglodytus Speaker of the House. Mike Johnson represents the views of about 2 billion Christians on planet Earth and another 1.75 billion Muslims on planet Earth. He actually represents a majority of the people on the planet when it comes to this stuff. Whether you do or not and you're trying to vilify him – For a view held in common by a whole lot of people around the planet, and in fact, a majority of Christians in the United States who happen to be in a majority position in this country still, though dwindling, they're still a majority, and you're vilifying them all as bigots and bad because you, the secular atheists of America, disagree with them? You're the ones in the bubble alienating a whole lot of people who happen to be Hispanic and black and blue-collar white Christians who show up at church and you vilify a Speaker of the House of Representatives who is one of them. In your small world, you seem self-righteous and right. And in your small world, you progressives, you get amplified and cheered on I've always said to clients when I ran them for office back in the day, know when you're in the minority, even when you think you're right. Progressives can't understand they're in the minority because on the college campus and in the press corps, they are the majority, and that's where they hang out. And so they think everyone agrees with them. They think they can go on bashing a Speaker of the House of Representatives for being an evangelical Christian, and most people in their circle of friends cheer them on so they think most everybody does, and that's simply not true. They can claim that Donald Trump's a bigger threat to the world than Hamas, but Donald Trump's never chopped off the heads of children. They can say all these things and they can get affirmation in the press corps, and then they'll get rejection at the ballot. Now I got to move on and I got to tell you about stamps.com. Stamps.com wants to save you some money. They want to save you on your shipping. They want to make it hassle-free for you for this Christmas season. So I've got a package uh, for a for a listener to the program. I'm sending a listener who did something nice to me. I'm sending him a thank you package. And it's sitting in the lobby in my office. I'm waiting for UPS to pick it up. With Stamps.com, I found the fastest way to get it to him. It wasn't the cheapest option. I wanted the fastest option, though, to make sure he got it quickly. And I was able to do that and save money Up to 84% off UPS and post office rates. And they're going to come here and pick up the package. I never have to go stand in line, and neither do you. That's one of the genius benefits of Stamps.com. Skip the lines, make them come to you, and they will with Stamps.com. All you have to do to take advantage of this great offer is go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone, and put in my name, Eric. And you know what you get? You get a free digital scale. You get free postage. You get a uh, free trial run on Stamps.com. And then you do not have a contract to sign, and you do not have any long-term commitments to Stamps.com. You can cancel at any time. But in the meantime, while you're using them, you get the... Great rates from the UPS and post office. You can arrange, pick up at your office. You get the free digital scale. You get everything you need. I've even got a little thermal printer I bought that prints off stamps.com labels. So I just slap it on the box. They come pick it up, and I'm good to go. You can, too. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, put in my name, Eric. Get your great offer.
3: You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show, the perfect blend of news, analysis, opinion, and cooking. Yeah, cooking. Want Eric's Weekly Recipes? They're super delicious. Text RECIPE to 33777 now.
0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I gotta play this for you. This is too good not to play for you. Uh, This is Elon Levy. He is the spokesman uh, for the Israeli government. Uh, veteran of the IDF. this is he was asked a question about uh, the leader of Hezbollah who gave a big speech.
3: Thank you for your question. Uh, We listened to Hassan Nasrallah's long and rambling speech. I admit it was so boring, I don't know whether his speechwriter was killed in recent IDF strikes on Hezbollah up in the north. I would note that despite the large crowds, Mr. Nasrallah himself was not on stage. He was hiding in a bunker uh, like a coward. And if I were giving a long, hour-long speech defending the pedophile rapists of Hamas, I would be afraid to show my face in public as well.
0: (laughs) Tell us what you really think, Elon. (laughs) <laughs> well done. Uh, well done. So, yeah, the leader of Hezbollah did give a speech. He actually doesn't sound like Hezbollah is going to engage. Uh, he also blasted Iran for uh, helping Hamas more than they help Hezbollah and in, in costing Hezbollah uh, soldiers— uh, their soldiers getting killed by Israel in the United States and Iran actually launched a couple of missiles that blew up Hezbollah in Syria. They're upset about that. They think, uh, from what I'm reading, Hezbollah is naturally on the side of Hamas, but thinks Hamas overplayed its hand and does not need to be helped. So we'll see what Hezbollah actually does. They're worse than Hamas to a degree, Um, although they're more, they've gotten more political over time than Hamas. Hamas just, just savage monsters. Uh, Hezbollah actually is more interested in running government. Um, And, you know, when I was a kid, Hezbollah tried to kill me. uh, So I don't particularly like them. They tried to blow up my school when I was, um, when I was little. Overseas. By the way, um, speaking of that, my it just just me growing up overseas reminds me of my parents. Reminds me of my mother has corrected me and said I should tell you all my father is eighty four, not eighty five. Turning eighty four, not eighty five. I am a year off. Thought he's a year older than he actually is, but that's okay. Now, when we come back, Homeland Security accidentally, accidentally released a terrorist into the United States. They 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 arrested him. And then they accidentally processed him and let him out, and then they had to find him and arrest him again when they realized they had accidentally processed him and gotten him out. And that's not the only thing. Uh, a Jordanian national who is an illegal alien who crossed the southern border has been arrested in Houston planning attacks on Jews. <sighs> the border matters greatly. We'll get there. Right now, however— i got to tell you about Omaha Steaks. Their semi-annual sale is still going on. Now, listen, time's running out on this. They're only going to do the semi-annual sale so long. But right now, you get 50% off if you go to OmahaSteaks.com. Load up your cart. At checkout, you get an extra $30 off by putting in my first name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. That's going to be your discount code at checkout, your promo code, E-R-I-C-K. You can get steaks, seafood. You can get sides, desserts, so much, all of it, 50% off right now at Omaha Steaks with their semi-annual sale. Not only that. You're doing business with a company that's been around for over 100 years. It's been around over 100 years because people love Omaha Steaks, their customer service, and their 100% satisfaction guarantee. They're a great American success story that delivers deliciousness to your door. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com. You put ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, as your promo code at checkout. You get an extra $30 off, minimum order required. Load up your cart with all sorts of deliciousness, ready-made sides, desserts, main courses, steaks, seafood, you name it. Use ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, as your promo code at checkout. You're going to get an extra $30 off, already unbelievably great savings. When we come back, it's open line Friday, 877-973-7425.
3: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early,